What's up, everybody? Joe Chavaria here. Today's episode of the Joe Credit Show, we're gonna talk about, does it really matter how high your credit is when you're trying to get a mortgage? And what the heck is the minimum score you need to even get one in the first place? So I'm Joe Chavaria, and this is another episode of the Joe Credit Show. So let's get started here today. Like I said, we're gonna unpack those two areas, those two topics. Uh, one, how, you know, does it matter how high your credit score is when you get in a mortgage? Like, does it affect, you know, impact the interest rate or not? Um, and what's the minimum score you need to even, you know, have a seat at the table, even have a discussion with the loan officer and get approved and so on and so forth. Let me just rephrase that. You can talk to a loan officer, they'll talk to you even your credit score is 300. I'm sure they'll still they'll talk to you. But, you know, to have like, you know, to talk a little bit more in terms of, you know, what's my approval, what's the rate gonna be, stuff like that. Of course, you, you know, you gotta go through the entire process, the underwriting process, and we'll talk about what is the minimum score requirement to even begin that, that process. So lenders do have a sweet spot. There is a sweet spot for a lot of these different programs. Um, most lenders will say their sweet spot is like 620. Some will say 640. If you talk to a big bank conglomerate, conglomerate like you know Chase or Bank of America, they probably say 850. They want to see perfect everything in order to get you get approved for a mortgage. My mortgage lenders that are watching this, they're probably laughing. They probably agree. So if you're the sweet spot is going to depend on the lender. So take that into account that all lenders are different. No lenders are perfectly identical. So every lender is going to be a little bit different. So that's why it's good to have multiple conversations with different lenders and take in a lot of information and figure out what's going to make the most sense for you. And so I will start off by saying this. Um, every lender has a different sweet spot. Now, however, the federal government has their score requirement for some of these loan products. And some of these you may have heard already. You may have heard FHA, VA, USDA, conventional. Probably you're most familiarized with FHA and, and VA, okay? So these are all acronyms. You know, FHA stands for, you know, Federal Housing Administration. The, the VA stands for, you know, Veterans Affairs. Um, and so, you know, there, there are different loan products that are backed by the government that the government has their own minimum requirements. So for FHA, VA, USDA, the minimum score requirement is 580. Now that's the government's requirement. The lender, the, the actual, you know, the, the, the mortgage company that's, that's originating the loan um, or, or servicing the loan or funding the loan, they're gonna have their what's called overlays. So overlays are like their additional requirements on top of what the federal government requires. Some of them wanna see 620 FICO score, some 600, some 640. Again, if you're Wells Fargo or Chase, probably 850, okay? So they have their own additional requirements on top of what the minimum requirements is. But you know, 580 is pretty straightforward, is the minimum requirements, and then lenders have their own sweet spot, 600, 620, 640. And sometimes they'll even do 580. There are some lenders that are doing uh, mortgages at 580 as, uh, as a requirement, but they may be swamped because they're probably like maybe the only one around in their area that's doing it and they may be super busy. So just keep that in mind. So we know what the minimum score requirement is on some of these, these federally backed student you know, mortgage loans. There's also conventional financing, which is non, not backed federal government. Usually a conventional loan is 620, 640, 660 as the minimum score requirement. Now let's break it down a little bit, little bit further. So it's a FICO score, which is most important. Um, so why that matters is because if you're currently monitoring your credit score through Credit Karma or through like your, your, your credit card statement or application like Capital One and so on and so forth, 
then more than likely you're looking at a Vantage score, probably a Vantage 3.0 credit score. And why that's important is because Vantage and FICO, they are different score versions. They are essentially competitors to, to one another. They provide credit scores to the, to the market. And so they are competitors. And so if you're looking at one score, if you're looking at a Vantage score, if you're looking at your scores on Credit Karma, chances are when you talk to a bank and you try to apply for a mortgage loan, the score that they're gonna be using is a FICO mortgage score. So the FICO scores are gonna be different than the Vantage scores. I know I probably drilled that in already, but let me, again, let me you know, repeat, FICO and Vantage are competitors or different score versions. And on top of all that, they're looking at a specific score version. They're looking at FICO Mortgage, which FICO Mortgage is typically FICO 2, 4, and 5, older versions of FICO. FICO has 10 versions to this very date with 10, 10T, uh, which is the latest versions that just came out that should be rolling out this year if they haven't already. And Vantage has four, four versions, 3.0 and 4.0. Credit Karma uses Vantage 3.0. So, not only are the banks and mortgage companies using FICO-based scores, and, and some of them may use Vantage. Uh, I think there was a study done not too long ago that, that found out that really like less than 5% of the market is, uh, of, of, the, of the mortgage lenders um, are using a Vantage score, but the, the overwhelming majority of the market, they're still using FICO. So, you know, they're looking at the FICO score, but more specifically, they're looking at the FICO mortgage score, which is FICO version two, four, and five. And if you are getting your FICO score, that's great, but more than likely, if you're getting your FICO score online somewhere, whether it's like Experian.com or, or MyFICO, MyFICO will give you the mortgage scores, but if you're looking at the dashboard, that's gonna be known as your FICO 8 score. So FICO 8 is not being used by the lenders. Some of them may, are, may be using FICO 8, like they're using Vantage, but majority of the lenders are using FICO version 2, 4, and 5, also FICO mortgage, and again, it's FICO and Vantage. So let's start there as that's the minimum score requirement. The federal government on some of these loan products require 580. Of course, that's always changing. If you're watching this video in the future from you know 20 years in the future, then maybe I'm wrong because it's not meant to always be this way. It's always changing, always fluctuating. But as of today, this is 2021. And even what I'm saying was pretty much true in 2020, um, it's pretty much been, been the same is that the minimal score requirement on some of these loan products by the, by, that are backed by the government, USDA, VA, FHA, they require 580. Then the banks will have their additional requirements, also known as overlays, where they may do the 580. Some of them want to see 600 a score, some of them want 620, 640. And every lender has their own individual sweet spot or their own individual score requirement. And that's why you got to talk to multiple lenders, get a lot of information to figure out you know, where, where are you going to more than likely, who you're gonna to wanna to mostly work with, what company you wanna work with, what loan officer you wanna work with, so on and so forth. So that's the minimum score requirements on many of these different loan products. Uh, another question would be, does it matter how high I get my score, uh, you know, before I apply? So does it, does it really matter how high your score is at the time of the application? So, so let's unpack that. So, there was a recent study that was done back in November 2020. It was on MyFICO. It was basically a, a national poll that took in the, the average uh, interest rate, uh, average score. Um, and based on that, they created a model, created a chart full of data. And, uh, and it found that the higher your credit score was, the lower your interest rate was, of course. Um, so it does, in fact, matter how high you get your, get your credit score to in order to qualify for the best possible rate, best terms, so on and so forth. 
So really right around 620 to 639 is like the first year, 620 to 639, the average interest rate for someone who has a credit score right around there, this is back as of November 2020, average interest rate was 3.9%. 640 to 659, average interest rate that the, that the typical consumer saw was right around 3.4%. 660 to 679, average interest rate 2.9%. 680 to 699, average, uh, uh, I think I'm gonna say 660 to 679, 2.9%, 680 to 699, 2.7%, 700 to 759, 2.5% on average, and 760 or higher, 2.3% is the average was the average interest rate back in November 2020. So a little side note for everybody here, you know, having a 780, 800, 850 score, no difference compared to someone with a 760. 760 and above, kind of cap out there on the interest rate, the average rate, 760 or above, no matter how high you got it after that, average interest rate was 2.3%. So, but in summary, it does matter how high you get your credit score when you're buying a mortgage, when you get in a mortgage, it does matter. Now, I will want to step back and I, I don't want that to detour people who have 620 scores and they want to buy a house. I don't want that to detour you from buying a house and say, well, I really want to wait till my scores are you know, above 700. Um, I, I don't want that to detour you. It's still better to get a mortgage at 620 because the rates are still low compared to where they were five, 10 years ago, historically low. And buying a house in many cases, of course, is better than renting. In fact, in, in, in probably the majority of the cases, it's better than renting because you're no longer throwing your money away. You're no longer dealing with inflated or, or, or escalating uh, rent payments. Uh, again, it's not your house, you're not building equity. Several different reasons why it's always better to own a house as opposed to, to renting. Um, and so, you know, I don't want this information to detour you because even if you have a 620 and you're thinking about buying in the next few months, that's okay. It's okay because you can always refinance. And you can always refinance, especially when, if the rates drop even more, or even as your credit score increases down the line. Let's say that you're, you're, you, you, you buy a house with a 625 FICO score and your mortgage rate is 3.9%. And one year later, your score is 720. And the interest rates, you know, the market rate is still pretty much the same. And you talk to a lender and say, hey, what do you think about refinancing? And he says, well, yeah, we had you at 3.9, I can get you 2.5 and it'll save you X amount of money and it'll, it'll you know, even with the fees of the refi, you're still gonna save a lot of money. Sometimes that, that still would make sense to do. So don't get discouraged if in, your score is not that high and you're trying to buy a house. Like I said, it's still better than renting. So still consider that and always look into you know, building a relationship with a loan officer because you can eventually refinance down the road. All right, so now let's talk about how much money could you save? based on these different interest rates and the higher score, so on and so forth. So let's take that same 620 score compared against a 720 credit score application and let's look at a $100,000 mortgage. So an individual on a $100,000 mortgage, let's say two individuals, one with a 620, one with a 720 on a $100,000 mortgage, the one with the 720 credit score is gonna save $28,000 over the lifetime of that loan. Now let's take it up a notch. Let's say, again, right now the average home price, and I'm talking to Texas, if you're from California watching this, you're gonna be like, what the hell, I can't believe houses are, 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 are you know, going for that price. 
Um, I know our cost of living is a, is a lot less, but of course, you know, it's Texas and we have a lot of freedoms, you guys don't. So uh, anyways, so basically, you know, 220 is the average home price for, for a lot of homes in the state of Texas um, and major different cities, Houston, Dallas, Austin, San Antonio, so, you know, so on and so forth. Um, 220, 225, that, that's a good home price for a lot of, for a lot of different homes, but you know, about the average. So on a 220, just kind of being a little bit more realistic here, on a 220 property, on a $220,000 mortgage, taking those same two scenarios, someone with the 620, someone with the 720, the 720 is gonna save about $60,000 over the lifetime of that $220,000 mortgage. So again, if you're buying at a low score, don't get discouraged, it's always better than renting. On top of that, you want to consider refinancing once your more once your scores are higher so you can save a lot of money. This is why it's very important to build a great relationship with a loan officer that you like, that you trust, that's very good at what they do, so on and so forth. Build a relationship with a loan officer that's going to be, you know, in your Rolodex, in your phone, in your back pocket whenever you need them and they will communicate with you when the rate changes and the rates drop, they think they can save you some money on your mortgage and they can refinance you. Build a relationship with the lender that you know, that you like, that you trust, because you don't know when you're gonna need them. Um, and when you do need them, you wanna take advantage of lower rates you can get, so that way it can save you a ton of money over the lifetime of your mortgage. All right, so finally I wanna talk about does down payment assistance matter? How does that factor into your interest rate? How does that how does that apply? So down payment assistance will have an effect on your interest rate. And sometimes it makes sense to take down payment assistance, especially if you're a first time buyer, um, to take down payment assistance if your credit score is like 620, 640. Um, sometimes it makes sense to do that because you can qualify for a much lower rate. So with down payment assistance programs, depends on the lender, um, some lenders don't even want to touch down payment assistance. Some of them don't, they just don't want to mess with it. They just don't deal with it. Um, but the lenders that do, that do offer, do have connections to down payment assistance programs. Um, some of them will, 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 will steer a consumer and probably taking the down payment assistance, even a minimum of, of 2% um, down payment assistance because that may actually lower the interest rate, lower the payment, and may be the, what makes the deal work. May help you get approved for what you're looking for. So I'll give an example of that. You know, we, we have a lender that we work with that their down payment assistance program would put their interest rate at 2.5%. So remember when we was talking about, you know, 620, 640 score, 6, uh, 639 score, I believe, what interest rate that would be based on the average. So November, 2020, the average interest rate, someone with a 620 to 639, the average interest rate was 3.9%. So if taking down payment assistance, put your interest rate at 2.5%, sometimes that makes sense to just take the bare minimum. Even if you have down payment on your own, you wanna put some money down on your own, sometimes it makes sense to take that 2% down payment grant, um, which is the minimum is 2%. And that's 2% of the purchase uh, price that will be applied towards your down payment. And uh, essentially, you know, get a lower interest rate on that product uh, on that loan and save a lot more money in the lifetime of the loan and have a much lower uh, monthly payment, so on and so forth. So it's case by case basis, but 
you know, sometimes it makes sense to take down payment assistance depending on what the rate is with down payment assistance, depending on what the lender is going to be charging, so on and so forth. Again, this is why you want to ask this question to the lender and factor that in and factor in, you know, how much, what the rate would be with down payment assistance and figure out, does it make sense to take that or should you just put your own money down? Should you, should you go with the conventional loan versus FHA? These are some great questions you want to ask your loan officer to figure out what makes the most sense for you. All right, guys, well, that is my time today. I hope you enjoyed the show. Um, if you, if you like this video, give me a thumbs up. Definitely would appreciate that. If you have questions, if you have ideas, if you have thoughts, if you want to just let me know what you thought about the show, uh, drop, let me know by dropping the, dropping your comment in the comment section. If you want to learn more about um, resources and ideas and just get some, some helpful, helpful material to help you improve your credit, go to my website, which is joechavaria.com slash links to get access to some helpful resources. Um, that link will be in my bio or in the description if you're watching me on YouTube. Be sure to follow me, be sure to just uh, subscribe so you can stay up to date on the credit content and be a friend, share this video with someone you believe will, will, will they'll benefit from this, especially someone who's like me, a first time buyer, getting ready to buy a house. Um, feel free to share this video with them, definitely would appreciate that. Other than that, I wanna thank you guys for tuning in. This has been another episode of the Joe Credit Show. I'm Joe Chavaria. I'll see you next time. Take care guys.